Revelation chapter 22, verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. We'll read verse 2. And in the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, there was a tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there's much more in this than I can ever preach out. And uh, I like this book because the first chapter says, Blessed is he that readeth. You don't have to understand it all, but you're just blessed to be able to read it. So, this scripture came to us as Brother Gary preached Sunday night and did so well. I really appreciate the wonderful gospel we heard Sunday night. He showed me a river. And I'm glad that by the grace of God, when I was a little eight-year-old boy, I was able to see that river. I didn't see it with these eyes. I didn't walk down to the pigeon or the French broad. I looked through the eye of faith and saw the river and was able to get a drink. All right. He showed me a river. Now, this is Revelation. People says that's the last book of the Bible and it's complicated. Well, you can read about this river over in Genesis if you go back. Genesis chapter 2, it talks about a river that comes right out of the Garden of Eden. And it said that it went split into four, four heads. And it talks about that river and where it goes. And so if the Lord will help me for a few minutes, I'd like to preach to you about where that river goes. And so the first place we read that that river goes, it said it went down to a land called Havilah where there's gold. And the gold there is good. I read about a place over in Revelations where the streets are made of gold and the gold is so pure, it's, <coughs> it's so pure, it's transparent. You can, you, it's just clear. It's like glass. And of all the things that men would collect and of all the things that men would treasure and men would prize, the gold is thought so little of in this country that people will walk and run and leap and shout all over it. I, I'm glad I'm going to a country one day where that gold is. I'll get to see it. And how did I get there? I crossed the river. <laughs> I got in the river, the river that flowed from the throne of God. I was able... Uh, preacher, where is that on the map? It's not on the map. It's a spiritual river. And if the power of God's flowing, you can see it. If the power of God's flowing, you can get in it. I saw it begin to flow a little bit during the second tonight. Tears flowing down. People hugging one another's necks. The river begin to flow a little bit tonight. And I would that the river would become a rushing mighty river right at Dutch bottoms and wash sinners right out of their seats and right on the altar so that they can call on the Lord and get in the river themselves. All right. Down there in Havilah. <laughs> then we read on. That river flowed down through Ethiopia. 
my mind goes to an Ethiopian eunuch that was in a desert and found a river. I believe the Lord spoke to Philip, if I'm not mistaken, and told Philip to go down to the desert. Now he was being blessed. People were being saved. He was seeing the church grow. And the Lord spoke to him amongst all the success that he had had and told him to go down there to the middle of the desert. Why would be what I would ask if I were Philip, if, if this flesh within me and this mind begin to turn and to, and to twist? I would ask why, Lord, would you want me to go down there to that barren place, to that desert land? Nothing there. How could I ever be a help to anybody down there? But the Lord knew there was a gentleman down there that needed some help. And so Philip went and the Spirit led him and he saw the eunuch and the Lord said, Go and join yourself to his chariot. And when Philip approached him, he heard the man read, reading the 53rd chapter of Isaiah about how that he was despised, how that he was wounded for our transgressions, how he was bruised for our iniquity. And, and the eunuch said, Does this man speak of, of himself or some other? How can I understand it unless some man should guide me? Listen, I love singing. I love Sunday school. But the only way a sinner will see the need for salvation is through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. How can I? That gospel freaks the sinner's heart. It moves on a man. It shows you where you are and where you need to be. Well, preacher, I got saved a long time ago. The gospel will still show you where you are and where you need to be. And there's been lots of times that I've sat under preaching and it's found me short throughout the years. And I've just had to say I'm wrong and repent and get right and get out deeper in the river. I appreciate the scripture that Gary read Sunday night. It said the man took a line and measured so much and the water was to the ankles. As a lot of people went down to the altar and I believe they might have gotten salvation, but that's as deep as they ever got. They never get involved in church. They never join the church and be baptized. They might not ever go come back through the door again. I'm not saying they're not saved. They might have got in the river, but if they could get in a little deeper, how much more joy would they have in their life? Measured again, didn't it? And it went to the knees. Now you've got out in the creek and waited. This is East Tennessee. It's different waiting in ankle-deep water and waiting in knee-deep water. The resistance is more in it. The pressure is more. Then the, he measured again, and it went to the loins. And he measured again, and it was water deep enough to swim in. Now, I can tell you this. I'm not a good swimmer. I know how to swim, and I could swim some, 
but I'm not a good swimmer. You know why? Because there's a difference. As long as my feet could touch the bottom, I was okay. I could wade in that ankle deep stuff. I could wade in the knee deep stuff. I could wade in the loin deep stuff. Well, I'd be all right if it was right up here, as long as my feet could touch the bottom. But when my feet couldn't touch the bottom, there was, a, there was an item called faith that I had to believe that I was able to support myself and, and to be able to swim. If you want to really get out in the deep water, step out on faith and see if God won't bless you. Get all the way in the river. You want to know what our church needs? We need folks willing to swim. We don't need folks willing to wait out in the ankles deep stuff. That's nice. I'd love to see a full house. But if what's under the sound of my voice tonight would be willing to swim, there'd be people shouting the house down at Dutch Bottoms. If what's under the sound of my voice tonight would get out of the ankle deep, the knee deep, the, the loin deep, if we'd really get down to it and get serious with God and get all the way out where we had to act on faith about everything we did, where we had to swim and have, and have faith in our lives, our sinners would not be able to sit still. What's the Bible say about it? Sinners can't stand in the congregation of the righteous. You know who you righteous are? Those are you swimmers. All right. How can I understand? Except some man should guide me. You know what the book says? Philip started right there at that scripture. He didn't break down all the history. He didn't tell him about Moses. You know what the book says he did? He preached to him Jesus. <laughs> That's all I've got for you. These men are much better preachers than I am. That's all they've got for you. It's Jesus Christ and Him crucified. A risen Savior can do far more than this little boy could ever do. He preached to him Jesus. And you know what Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch found in the middle of the desert? They found a river. He said, well, here's water. What doth hindereth me from being baptized? Now this is a good lesson for us preachers, us pastors, us, us church members. That's, uh, and I know I, I want our church to grow, don't you? But this is how we need it to grow. <clears throat> Philip said, do thou believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God with all that heart? He said, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And so they went down to the water and he got baptized. You know who needs to be baptized? Born again believers. Here's water. <laughs> that must have been that river flowing out of the garden down near Ethiopia. Now it went on, didn't it? Talked about the third river flowed down by Assyria. Did you know there's a city in Assyria 
where the people don't know their right hand from their left? Did you know there's a city in Assyria that was a great city? Don't quote me on that. That's what God Himself said about it. Three different times I know of. As a matter of fact, every time He referred to the city Nineveh, you see a comma, and then you see a great city. That's what God had to say about it. We want to discount things because people don't look like us, because people don't act like us, because people don't talk like us. They might be different than us, but what God thinks about them is what matters. All right. God thought it was such a great city that he sent a backslid preacher down there to preach to him. You know Jonah's story. He didn't want to go, did he? You know God prepared a great fish, swallowed him. I'll not go all through that. Let me tell you what a great city it was. And we're living in the worst time I've ever seen for people who are partisans as far as that goes with politics. You want to talk about a good leader? I would that we had one like the king of Nineveh was. When he heard the gospel, he didn't command the people way down there in the barns. He didn't command the blacksmiths. You know what he did? The first thing he did, he rent his clothes. He got down in sackcloth and ashes. And he told everybody in Nineveh to, to get down in sackcloth and ashes and to repent. When's the last time we had a leader that even suggested that America might need to repent? Amen. Do we? I didn't hear anything on that. Does America need to repent? I'm an American. Do I need to repent? Let's hear it again. You, I believe you'd identify yourself as American. Do you need to repent? All right. Never thought I'd go there with that. They got down at sackcloth. You know what? We think, boys, if you ever been guilty of this, you study and study and study and study. Jonah's message is one of the shortest ones we ever read in the Bible. Forty days, and none of us shall be overthrown. But God helped him to preach that little short message, and 120,000 people repented. I don't know if, if us in our lifetime preach our whole lives, if we'd ever see that many. I hope we would. I sincerely hope that we would. But Jonah preached one of the shortest messages we read about in the Bible, and 120,000 people repented, was saved. God didn't destroy them. You know what they did? They managed to get down in sackcloth. They managed to get down in ashes. They managed to humble themselves, and they made it to the river. more in 
the garden, the fourth river, the Euphrates. I believe it's referred to as the river of death. We used to sing a song years ago. Someday when I've traveled my last mile here, the call will be coming for me. I'll enter the lifeboat that will be near to carry me over the sea. I have held their hands when they crossed over. I've seen them fear on their face and relief on their face. When they left this world, and one day my turn will come to cross over, to cross that river. You've said this, I won't have to cross Jordan alone. The song I mentioned a minute ago, he'll hold to my head is over Death River. I'm not going alone. We all have to cross it. But it'll be worth everything, won't it? Every trial, every heartache, every time we've cried ourselves to sleep, every time We've had hard words and hard feelings and heartbreak. We tried, did everything we know to do. We see troubles, we see trials, we see tribulations. It'll all be gone when we cross that river. Amen. He showed me a pure river of water of life. go a little farther. And in the midst of it, and on either side was the tree of life that had leaves for the healing of the nations. What did God say when he picked up that handful of dust? Let us make man. You know who he was talking to? Preacher, I know it was Jesus. That was the tree of life. He was in. He's Alpha. He's Omega. Whose leaves were for the? How else can we be healed? I'm 55 years old. I've yet to sit through a president that didn't have some sort of plan for peace. Most of the time a plan for peace in the Middle East. They've never had it. No matter how many documents they've signed, no matter how many promises they've made, they still hate one another. What they need to know 
is the author of peace. What they need to know is the prince of peace. What they need to know is the person that speaks peace to me and you when our hearts are broken. The person that wraps his arms around us and says everything's going to be all right. We were troubled and broken hearted and we get down on our knees and we make our plea and he speaks back to us and says, I've got you, son. You're in my arms. Nothing can harm you. I'll take care of you along my way. Aren't you glad to know the Prince of Peace? For now, we see through a glass darkly. But when we see him, it shall be face to face. That old river of death, you phrase. Used to have a deacon at Round Mountain. He's been here a time or two <coughs> since we've been here. He sung this song. Standing on the banks of the river, looking out over life's troubled sea. Ways were rough, but that old ship was sailing. This is how I'm going to cross it. Is that the old ship of Zion I see? Oh, was bent and battered from the storms of life I could see. Ways were rough, but that old ship was sailing. Is that the old ship of Zion I see? As I step on board. I'm glad I got on board. I'm glad he said, come on, son. You can step right on up, aren't you? As I step on board, I'll be leaving all my troubles and trials behind. I'll be sailing with Jesus, the captain, sailing out on that ocean I'm so glad I get to go. I'm so glad I got on that ship. I'll make it. I'll make it to the other shore. Not worthy to even be on the ship. Not worthy. What is the ship? That's the church. I'm the least member you got. The sorriest flood you've ever had. But I'm going to sail home to glory with you one day. All because I got a drink from the river. Let him who is the thirst come. Let whosoever will come and drink of the water of life freely. Why, if you to ask, 
I'd give you a drink of living water. Well, preacher, there was no river there. Where do you think the water comes from? Science says that water runs underneath the ground, and that's where these reservoirs are, where people can dig wells. Where do you think that water goes to? Right on out into the river. <laughs> I'm glad it's still flowing at you. The river of life. A pure, he showed me a pure river of water flowing from the throne of God. Man has tried to stop that up. Did you know that? They've said we don't need that old stuff. They've programmed it out. They've entertained it out. But I'm glad in 2022 it's still flowing. Amen. I'm glad our sinners can still get in. <laughs> Let me quote this scripture. I'll be done here in a second. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So how did your boy know that being saved was important? Because it was important to you. How did your boy know that being saved was important? Because it was important to you. He had seen you in the river. He had seen you with the Spirit flowing and you stepping out on faith. You weren't dependent on yourself, but you were swimming because you had faith you could make it. Sometimes we can't reach the bottom. That's the time we have to swim. That's the time we have to have faith in the Savior. That's the time that we trust Him with all that's in us. Notice where that comes from and I'll hush. Let's read it again. He showed me, aren't you glad? Now, what's the name of this book? The Revelation. And if you go back, I want to show you something. If I can get to it. The name of this book is The Revelation. Here's the first verse or the first chapter of Revelation. This is what the Revelation is. The revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what the revelation is. Aren't you glad He showed you the revelation? He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceed. it wasn't polluted, 
At one time, several years ago, there was pollution in the pigeon, and they told us we weren't supposed to fish out of it, or eat out of it, or be in it. This river is pure! It'll never be polluted, because it flows right out from the throne of God! Clear as crystal, proceed out of the throat of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. You see, friend, it's not as bleak. It's not as dire. It's not as dark for a Christian. We've got access to the pure river of water of life. Preacher, I don't understand all of Revelation. I don't either. And a man that will tell you that he understands it all, you need to be a little bit worried. But I know this. I'm thankful for the revelation that the Lord showed me. When I was eight, and the good old fashioned church wrapped their arms around me, told me they loved me, they prayed for me, they called out my name to the Lord, and a good old fashioned preacher preached, You must be born again. I heard, I, it was revealed unto me that I was lost, that I was in a dry and barren land. It was revealed unto me that I was headed to hell. And the, oh, what do you do for a fire? How do you put it out? You douse it with some water, don't you? Yeah. The only way of escape from that fire for me was to get into the river. All right. Aren't you glad... This represents the river here. <laughs> this is what I did. Got saved. Gave my testimony a couple of weeks later, and then they asked if anybody wanted to be baptized, and I went. They took me up to the sycamore hole. Some of you old-timers knows where that's at at Cosby. Ballard Russell, some of you Cock County folks may remember Ballard. He's dead and gone, been gone for years. He was a pastor. And he baptized me and my first cousin Dennis and Daryl Manning. Ballard didn't know it that day, but he baptized two preachers and a deacon. And it wasn't nothing Ballard did other than obeying the Lord and preaching the gospel. He'd tell you that himself if he could. It wasn't us because our names were what they were. It was all because the good old church cared enough to see to it that we made it down to the river. I'm not talking about the creek that flows up there to Sycamore Hole. I'm talking about the river that flows from the throne of God.
I'm still able to stand today. I'm still able to say I'm saved. I'm still able to say my salvation is secure. I've never worried the first minute about it because I made it down to the river. He showed me a pure river of water of life. 